Okay, does anyone um, know what mindfulness is? Or have a definition of mindfulness? Awareness. Becoming aware. Aware of what? Of your being. Of your soul. What else? So mindfulness is really a state of awareness of what's going on within you as well as what's going on without you, around you. It's really just a state of being present, present in the moment. I'll share with you seven principles of mindfulness that I found online. Message number one is non-judgment. Don't judge the experience. Just experience it. Most of our perception of reality, in fact, all of our perception of reality takes place where? Where am I experiencing you? Where do you exist? My mind. I can't not experience you other than through my mind. But the more I get stuck in the, my mind, the more I experience me and the less I experience you. Right? Most of our life is, takes place up here. Anyone suffer from anxiety? Depression? We're Jewish. Come on. We all do. Um, what's anxiety? Where does anxiety? Anxiety is taking, get, means getting stuck in your mind, but where? Anxiety means getting stuck in the future. What's going to happen? What's depression? Getting stuck in the past. But if we exist here in the moment, so there's no more anxiety and no more depression. There just is. That's living with non-judgmentalness, right? Another message is patience. Patience, just experiencing things and waiting for them to unfold and to learn from the experience. Something called beginner's mind, which is curiosity. Be curious about the world around you. Trust. Develop a basic trust of yourself and your feelings. Just being and experiencing. And then this one sounds kind of, Buddhist, non-striving, acceptance, accepting reality for what it is and letting go, letting go of our will for what reality should look like and accepting what reality is like. So I want to give you a great example where you can utilize mindfulness and it's really powerful. If a person's experiencing anxiety. So to focus on what's happening right here in the room with your five senses can take you out of that mind and bring you into the mindfulness, into the moment. Um, another thing you could do is focus on what's going inside your body. Just focus on your breath. Focus on your feelings, your sensations, whether they're painful or uncomfortable. Often what you resist persists, but what you accept dissipates. So feelings are just like little kids. They want you to pay attention to them. I, I did an amazing exercise. I've done it many times and it actually works. If you have a headache, just focus on your headache. Feel your headache. Feel it. Describe it. Look at it. Tell, describe the color, the shape, the texture of your headache. And oftentimes your headache will go away. It's pretty crazy. Try it. Try it. Um, so I take, I'll take the following scenario. Imagine being stuck in traffic. Does anyone here like getting stuck in traffic? Nobody likes getting stuck in traffic. What's so bad about traffic? 
You know what's so bad about traffic? You think you're supposed to be someplace else. You know what Hashem says? You're supposed to be in traffic. <laughs> Our problem is when we judge the traffic, we turn it into a terrible thing. When we accept the fact that there's no place else we can go, we're not getting out of it, then we can begin to accept the traffic, to experience the traffic for what it is. Because it's not that bad to open up our curiosity. Look around. There's beauty. There's sun. There's other cars. There's trees. There's music you can listen to. You can be present in the experience without, by the way, without needing to turn on music or listen to something or talk on the phone. You can actually just be present with them in the moment. I got my phone, a filter on my phone. I now have a kosher phone, right? That means that you can't look at inappropriate content on my phone. So now I can let my kids use my phone here and there, and I don't have to worry that they're going to stumble upon the wrong images um, or myself for that matter. But I had to get it fixed the other day. So I gave it to someone to put the filter on it, and I was without a phone for a few hours. And I was nervous. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do in the car? Normally, I listen to Torah classes when I'm in the car. I'm like, you know what? I just have to exist and just be, and it's not that bad. Before phones, we used to actually do that. <laughs> So what's the difference between pain and suffering? Where does pain take place? In the body. Where does suffering take place? Mind. Suffering is the judgment about the pain that we're experiencing. Instead of judging our pain, analyzing our pain, thinking 10 steps ahead to what the pain is going to do to us in the future, instead just feel the pain. That's what it means to experience something with non-judgment. Be compassionate. You can be compassionate. You can love yourself. You can accept, your, accept the pain. Guaranteed, the pain is going to be less unbearable if you can accept it with mindfulness and compassion. So how do we experience this on Passover? There are three mitzvahs involving food that we do on the night of Passover. Does anyone know what they are? Oh, bitter herbs. It's called morer in Hebrew. We eat bitter herbs. And there are different customs of what bitter herbs one should eat. The truth is, is that the Talmud recommends romaine lettuce. Lettuce. That lettuce has a certain bitterness to it, not so bitter. Or many people use horseradish because people lived in countries in Europe where you didn't have lettuce very often. You uh, use horseradish and some people mix the horseradish because horseradish is really bitter. But um, lettuce has an interesting quality that it starts off sweet and then it gets bitter with time. As the lettuce matures, it gets more and more bitter. And that's kind of uh, a theme throughout Passover is that things start sweet and oftentimes end up bitter in life. What are the other mitzvahs of, that involve eating biblically on the night of Passover? Charosis is something that we eat, but it's not biblical. But charosis is meant to sweeten the, the bitterness a little bit. We dip the bitter herbs in the charosis. Um, Interesting why specifically we dip it in the charosis. Charosis actually represents the bricks, the mortar that we used to build the pyramids or whatever we were building in, in, in Egypt. But what else is biblical? Anyone else know? Four cups of wine. Great. We drink four cups of wine. Not biblical. Very important rabbinic mitzvah to drink four cups of wine. 
Chorosis is a custom. Four cups of wine is a rabbinic mitzvah. What else is biblical, guys? Come on. Matzah. Eating matzah is biblical, even nowadays. Matzah and bitter herbs. And then there's a third thing we're supposed to eat with the matzah and bitter herbs. We don't have it anymore. Only in the times of the temple. Uh, egg. Egg is also a custom that symbolizes one of the things that we time of the temple the other thing that symbolizes the other thing that we use in the time of the temple is the shank bone what do we really eat what were we really eating at the time of the temple we were eating a barbecued lamb it's called the paschal lamb the carbon pesach and in fact the word pesach refers to this lamb offering that was eaten because we don't when, without a temple without a temp without a temple we can't bring sacrifices so, so three things that we eat. And in fact, the Haggadah itself says, anyone who doesn't mention these three things does not fulfill the mitzvah of, of, the, of Passover. You have to mention these three things. So why do we, what does the Pesach sacrifice represent? Represents the fact that God jumped over the Jewish homes, right? That's what Passover means, to jump over. God jumped over, literally sprang above us. Spring. Spring is a time of rejuvenation. The Pesach offering represents represents the power of youth, curiosity, like we mentioned, the the youthful mind, the beginner's mind. That's the first message of Passover, and we don't eat that today. But there are two things that we do eat that we can literally meditate on. This, the matzah. What is matzah? The difference between matzah and bread is time matzah is made with the same ingredients as bread flour and water you don't need yeast to make bread flour naturally has yeast in it the difference is if you let it sit for 18 minutes as really said the dough begins to rise if you take a pound of flour a gallon of water you let it rise for 18 minutes you get bread what's the difference between bread and matzah is they're made up of the same ingredients but they look different Bread is puffed up. Bread is literally full of hot air. Bread represents the ego that tries to be something that it's not. Matzah represents the pure simplicity of something that is exactly what it is. It's living true self-acceptance without airs and without ego. When we eat the matzah, which is the plainest food in the world, we have to meditate on the fact that we can be who we are. We can be present in this moment. And as plain as we are, it's the most beautiful thing. The matzah represents the bread of affliction, bread of suffering that our forefathers ate in Egypt. But at the end of the Haggadah, it's transformed into the bread of freedom that our ancestors ate when they got out of Egypt, when they left Egypt, because it's really the same thing. If you can take the transform that plainness of who you are into really celebration of who you are, that's ultimate freedom. The next thing we eat is the bitter herbs. And as we eat these bitter herbs, have in mind, we're supposed to sit there in silence while we're eating, literally a meditation of food. You're meditating on the simplest, plainest food, and then you're meditating on bitterness. And as you eat those bitter herbs, think about the fact that you can experience bitterness you can experience pain without judgment and just experience it and you know what if you just experience bitterness it becomes sweet you can actually see that inside the bitterness of your life is the greatest opportunities for growth 
So if we take these messages, Passover can be a life-changing transformation into learning to connect our true selves, into learning to experience true mindfulness through our eating and through our being. And true self-acceptance, which is the ultimate secret to freedom.